I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Wake me up in San Francisco. Wake me. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. It is a Thursday edition of the show, our last of the week before the Bucks play on Sunday on the road in California against the San Francisco 49ers for a, uh, a very fun matchup. Should be another defensive battle, but we'll see uh, how that goes as the Bucks face a test over on the west coast and that's why today's title is uh formally publicized as bucks west coast test uh, i'm your host matt matera joined with me is my fellow colleague at peterreport.com jc allen jc how we doing man bro totally tubular bro hanging yeah. loose hanging 10 as the uh the bucks head on over to California, California, as uh, as many like to say. And this is the first. I I know we talked like when the schedule came out, and that was months and months and months ago. When the schedule came out, we talked about oh, late in the year they have all of these like West Coast trips. You know, they they're going to San Fran and then they go to Arizona on Christmas. Uh, but up until this point, most of their road games have just been like East Coast and in the division, with right. the exception of like the first game of the year against the Cowboys. But uh, they haven't really had to travel too much for road games this year, but they're really paying for it now on the back end with these end of the year trips. Right. Yeah. Most of it's been divisional stuff and, uh, you know, up and down the coast. I mean, Dallas isn't too far away. New Orleans, you're playing in New Orleans anyways. You're playing in Carolina anyways. So uh, now they have Germany, obviously. You know, when you yeah, said that too. 10, when you said hang 10, I, I thought you were referring to how many points the Bucks will probably score on, on <laughs> Sunday. So I got confused there for a second. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a cross country trip. I mean, San Francisco, there's only one spot in the country that gets further away than that. And that's Seattle. Um, so they're pretty much making the longest plane ride they can make, um, against a really, really good defense. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because Cal Shanahan's a heck of an offensive coach and he's going to find ways to be able to get, move the ball. You know, he's got two of the three of the best yak receivers in the game, you know, uh, especially with Debo Samuel, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and, and George Kittle. They know how to make, get yards after the catch. Um, but they're starting a Mr. Irrelevant, you know, Brock Purdy at, at quarterback. So that's going to be a challenge for their offense. The Bucks defense really coming alive these last couple of weeks. And, and you got pretty much the same thing, except um, the Bucks offense, I don't know if you call it coming alive uh, because I don't necessarily know if they really have come alive. Um, recently and and we'll get maddie back in here in a minute but um they've been struggling and now you know you've got two really good defense going against two questionable offenses coming up here on this trip and it's really going to be interesting to see uh what these teams do on the offensive side of the ball to try to move the ball on both of these formidable defenses so it's going to be uh it's 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 a big test west coast trip 
uh, to San Fran, Tom Brady's hometown stomping grounds where he fell in love with football. He talked about that a lot. And uh, I'm excited for this matchup because while I think it's going to be a very tough matchup, I think it's one that the Bucks potentially could win too. It's going to be, it's going to take everything they got. It's going to take them turning the corner around on offense and building off that momentum of the final three, four minutes of that, of that game on Sunday. But, you know, I, I saw a spark in Brady. I haven't seen all season and let's, let's see. I know he wants this one bad too. Let's see if they can pull it out. They've got a lot of tests. So yeah, it's wild that in his career, this is only, the second time that he's really going to San Fran and Brady talked about that. We can talk about his comments uh, a little bit later and you might've mentioned it while my, uh, my laptop was uh, going a wall there. And, uh, but anyway, like he's only, his teams have only gone to San Fran twice. Uh, one of them, he played the other, he tore his ACL in the first game of that season. So it's wild that in over two decades, this is only his second game that he'll be playing. Right. Um, over in San Fran, but obviously you're playing against your hometown team, playing in front of a lot of friends and family. It's uh, it's going to provide a spark. It's going to give you a boost. It, some would say it's going to energize you, which was a great time to remind everyone that the uh, Peter Report podcast, of course, is brought to you by Celsius, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast and the Peter Tailgate Show and the Peter Game Day Show. We love Celsius for the variety of flavors that they have. You see the vibes here. The vibes are always high on the show. You got the Arctic, tropical, and peach vibes right there. Um, you can also go with a, a lot of different flavors. The watermelon berry has been a, a flavor that I've been drinking a lot. You can go uh, sparkling wild berry, cola, uh, cucumber, lime. So a lot of awesome flavors there. But if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty, it's got seven essential vitamins, and that's the key. It's a healthy version of an energy drink. Zero sugar and preservatives. So you're not going to get that late crash a couple hours after having an energy drink like you might with some other products out there. Uh, it's great to start with your workout. It's a great substitute for coffee. Um, if you're a heavy coffee drinker, uh, you can switch over to Celsius. I know Scott has. I know Blaine Gabbard has. They've, they've talked about that. Uh, so you can go to the Celsius store locator, find out where there is a Celsius near you, your Walmart, Target, Bodega. And if you want to get them in bulk, head on over to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, have it sent to your house or apartment every one, two or three weeks. Uh, whenever you decide to get them, that's totally cool. Here's some more flavors you can check out there. And uh, just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. JC, it looked like you had a uh, Celsius you were about to rock, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I actually finished it a little while ago. I, oh, I'm, nice. one, I'm one Celsius a day guy, but I had a, a vibe, uh, an Arctic vibe, one of my favorites. And actually, the variety packs, you can get all three vibes in the variety pack, which is awesome. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if you a fan of the vibes, like we definitely are over here. Yes. You can get yeah, the Arctic all vibe three is... Arctic Five is definitely my favorite. I haven't had it in a couple of weeks, so I think I'm going to bring it back this weekend. By the way, appreciate everyone in the uh, chats watching the show. Nathan Elliott, uh, you're always commenting and watching. We appreciate you, and uh, thanks to everyone that's uh, watching the show right now. If you have a good comment, uh, we'll put it up. If you have any questions, we'll answer that, too. We want to be very interactive with the fans. And, of mm -hmm. course, if you give us a super chat, you get to cut the line, and we will immediately put your uh your questions up there as nathan says celsius is good stuff 
I disagree. I think it's great stuff. So uh, shout out to <laughs> shout that out might to be there. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Uh, Common Sense say D-line has to dominate this game versus their O-line. Yeah, so curious to get your thoughts, JC. And you kind of alluded to it with the, the hang 10, meaning that's probably the most points the Bucs will score uh, <laughs> this Sunday. I truly think it's going to have to take another, not that it was a defensive masterpiece by the Bucs on Monday against the Saints, but uh, just another game where the defense has to lay, has to lead the way, has to hold their own, has to keep the Bucs in the game in order for the offense to get it together uh, later in the game. And Jake Camarda is going to be a guy that's going to be utilized okay. often, whether we like it or not. And it really could just come down to, a turnover or two that ends up deciding who wins this game. But obviously the defensive line would have to play a factor into that. How do you look at this defensive matchup for the Bucs attacking an extremely talented group, but with the rookie quarterback as well? Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at the 49ers, they're 10th in total offense, but there's an asterisk there because yeah, you sure. just mentioned it. There's a rookie quarterback. Uh, so that's going to change things. It's not the same uh, group of cast and it's the same cast and characters around them, but it's not the same quarterback play calling plays. They're going to be very, very cautious with him. Uh, they're going to be trying to put the the balls in the, in the hands of their playmakers and Christian McCaffrey and those guys like Kittle and those guys like uh, Debo Samuel, letting them do what they do best, and that's get open in space, use their speed and athleticism to get extra yardage. Um, the Bucks have their hands full against this team. Not only are they good at running the ball, you know, they're four, ranked 14th running the ball. They're good at passing the ball. Um, they're good at preventing sacks. They're right up there with the Bucks with only 23 sacks allowed in the league, which is fifth. Um, so they are scoring, uh, you know, uh, right around the middle of the par, 23 points a game. Uh, but that's been enough for them to win games. But if the Bucks are going to be able to, the defense specifically, going to be able to limit these guys, it's going to take uh, extremely good coverage by the cornerbacks, tight coverage, um, which is something they provided all game. I mean, all year, Dean has been uh, incredibly good at. If he's going to allow the catch, he's he's not he's not letting them get any extra yards. Right. It's going to take that type of performance. The defensive line is going to have to really get some push on and rat, try to rattle this kid with only four. Um, I expect I expect Bulls to have some unique looks to try to get um, get him confused and, and, and maybe throw some turnovers. Um, but I the defense, both the offense and defense, both have their hands full with this 49ers team just because there's a rookie quarterback in there right now. I don't think that means it's an automatic W by any means um, just because of how creative Kyle Shanahan can be himself on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, so I look at it in a couple of ways. We'll get to Ed's question slash comment here in a moment. But I wish we could just say, oh, like the Bucks pass rush can get home and, and really get in the face of Brock Purdy, and, and that would be enough. But that's just not the case. Like I, I know Vita Vea leads the team in sacks with six and a half, and yeah, he's done a good job. But if you're typically relying on your defensive tackle to be your best pass rusher, <laughs> that's usually not a good recipe for success and Joe Trianchenka just we keep waiting and waiting and waiting for it to be like a big moment for him and it just hasn't come through it's been sporadic in those moments but we haven't seen the consistent Joe Trianchenka and Todd Bowles loves to blitz a lot and you know Scott was talking about this yesterday and this is where I have 
I'm kind of on the fence about which way I want to go with it. Because as Scott was pointing out, Brock Purdy, rookie quarterback, um, hasn't seen a lot of different looks and coverages. And obviously Todd Bowles is the master of crazy chaotic looks, Vita Vey lining up as a linebacker. So Scott's saying, like, if you get all of the players, if you get, you know, if you if you blitz Devin White or like Levante David, like they did when he got the sack on Andy Dalton on Monday, you go right up the middle. You constantly have pressure in Brock Purdy's face. He's going to be off kilter. You know, he's not going to be able to sit and relax in the pocket. So he's going to have to get rid of the ball quick or he's not going to know what to do with it because they're throwing the kitchen sink at him. Mm. Um, I also think, though, and sure, Andy Dalton is a longtime veteran. He's seen a lot. There was plenty of times later on in that game where the Bucks would send the blitz up the middle and then he would dump it off to, you know, Troutman, the tight end, and he would get 15 to 25 yards down the right. field. And I worry for the fact that if the if the 49ers know the blitz is coming and because they have the variety of talented players that you rattled off from McCaffrey to Kittle, Debo, uh, you know, you mentioned those guys, especially like McCaffrey and Kittle, if the blitz is coming and Purdy knows, oh, I just have to dump it off for two and a half yards and they're going to do the rest. I feel like that could really burn the buck. So then I almost look at the, I know it was two seasons ago, but like the Super Bowl when they went up against the Chiefs, who at the time, again, arguably the same, if not better, maybe a little bit less of like the talent. And the Bucs went strictly not a ton of blitz, just let their pass rush the four guys up front go after Patrick Mahomes. But Shaq and, J- Shaq, Shaq and JPP aren't playing in this game, so you can't really rely right. on that. So I, under- <clears throat> I, I understand they have to send uh, the house. I'm just worried that, yeah, it might work at the beginning of the game, but later on, as he's more prepared for it, he's just going to let that ball go. It doesn't have to be far, and those guys are going to get involved. So Ed here says, is our uh, defensive back group uh, back and can they bait Purdy? So uh, I believe you're referring to Mike Edwards and uh, An- Antoine Winfield Jr. Antoine Winfield Jr. was not practicing, so um, doesn't look great that he's going to play in this game, which obviously is a huge loss. Uh, Mike Edwards, I don't believe, no, he was practiced either. either. Yeah, SMB so he was back, but not neither safeties are back. Right. So and typically I feel great about Carlton Davis and and, and Jamel D. And I still feel pretty good about Dean, even though he didn't have the best game on Monday. Carlton Davis has been slipping a little bit, too. But with that said, he made the big pass break up in the crucial moment to get the ball back. But again, these like Carlton has never done well with like speed receivers and, and guys like that. And you just look at Ayuk and and Debo and they're just different receivers than typically Carlton goes up against. And that's what makes me really worried about that. I would love if Antoine Winfield Jr. was in this game. You put him up at the line of scrimmage and you blitz because the Niners love to go play action and they love to do, you know, QB bootlegs and things like that. And that's a perfect situation where if you blitz a defensive back, really doesn't matter which side they're there much quicker and can break up the play before the quarterback can even set up. But again, it doesn't look like, Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be uh, involved in, <clears throat> involved in this game. Yeah, no, and it's unfortunate because not having him, not having um, Mike Edwards, you know, Antoine Winfield's one of your better run defenders on that defense too. Uh, he's one of one of the best tacklers. Uh, so you're losing out on both of those aspects. And 
you know, I, I, I like your thought here. Just get home with four. Get, you know, you got to be able to get home with four sometimes. But you look at it, Trent Williams is going to erase one of those guys right off the bat. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, now you're going up against the rest of that offensive line. And uh, I expect a heavy dose of blitzing. I expect them to be exotic with it. You know, maybe some safety blitzes, some corner blitzes, as well as the linebackers coming in as well. But um, this is going to be a very challenging game for this defense um going up against this offense which does so much damage after the catch uh, a lot of the teams so far that they've they played so far their wide receivers <laughs> are big catch guys and you know they make the catch but they're they don't i mean debo's getting paid off his yak right now, that's what he's getting paid off of uh, kittle is one of the you know one of the most complete tight ends in the league you know and he started to really come on um, as as a player this year, after dealing with some nagging injuries in the beginning, you know he's coming, he's turning back into Kittle. Christian McCaffrey, Bucks fans know all too well what he can do any given Sunday. Um, so I mean, there's a lot for this Bucks team to worry about, but they played really disciplined football so far. And I, I, I you know, when you when you think about it, um, the way that they stack up against this team, you know. They've, they've got a really good pass defense. Their rush defense has really kind of turned around a little bit here. Even without these guys, you get SMB back to play in the slot. Um, they, it, It's not Garoppolo. It's not Lance. You're, you're dealing with, uh, with Mr. Irrelevant, a guy that probably wouldn't have even been drafted in most years. Um, and they've got to find a way to rattle his cage a little bit, get him off guard. He hasn't seen a lot of things. This is only a second start, if I'm not mistaken. He hasn't seen a lot of things, um, especially the things that Bowles is going to start to bring at him. And I think they can get to him a little bit, cause some mistakes. So remember, you know, turnovers is a key battle here. The Bucks were doing great with it before. You know, now they dropped to the middle middle of the pack. Um, but I, I think this is the game that the interceptions, uh, you know, maybe one or two of them come. Bowles forces him, confuses him into, into different different looks and, and you know thinks he's got one thing and then all of a sudden it, another thing happens and the bucks have the ball back and it's going to take them capitalizing on those turnovers and putting points on the board every time they do which is something the bucks have struggled with too yeah make no mistake about it the bucks are still starving for turnovers you know they they didn't have one uh, against new orleans <clears throat> and then against the browns they had the halftime hail mary so in the in the stats, in the record books, it goes as a interception for Mike Edwards, but um, it wasn't an impactful play because of the moment it happened in the game. So really, they haven't had a turnover since the Germany game when Devin White had the strip sack on Geno Smith. And even before that, they weren't getting turnovers. So that's the one thing that's stopping this defense from truly being fantastic because you look at like the points they've allowed from game to game and it's really just the chiefs game that was an anomaly mm. where they really got beat like a drum but that game it was the hurricane rashad white who's now the hero you know fumbled on the opening kickoff and obviously the bucks will have a new kick returner and punt returner right. uh, this week after jalen darden was waived by the team so like this defense can pretty much play with anyone and i'm sure you know Again, not to bring everything back to two seasons ago, but they got beat like a drum by the Chiefs offense, and then obviously they turned it around in the Super Bowl. So I'm not saying the Bucs are going to the Super Bowl this year. I'm just saying I think they would like another opportunity at the Chiefs if they uh, if they could, just given their 
uh, ability to redeem themselves. And I really do think one of those guys that I don't want to necessarily say redeemed himself, but just he's played better. He's had more opportunities because of injuries and, and things of that nature. But Keanu Neal originally was a guy It's like, all right, solid veteran backup would come in here and there. Didn't get a lot of snaps. And, you know, now he saved the game with that pass breakup right. uh, against Taysom Hill. I just put up that picture before. So I'm hoping either him forcing a fumble or, you know, Logan Ryan came back last week, played a hundred percent of the snaps. So, uh, you know, no, no worry about any rust there. They, they threw him right back into the deep end and just, just ready to go. But this team has to create a turnover in the absolute most necessary way in the worst way, because you're not going to beat the 49ers constantly moving the ball down the field. You have to get, you have to steal some possessions where you're starting at midfield or in your opponent's territory because the 49ers defense, they're the best in the league in terms of yards per game, uh, rushing yards per game. Not that the Bucs have been able to <laughs> run the ball at all, but it, it's one of those things like, all right, they got to get the ground game going, going. Well, maybe not this week, but you know, I do have that weird feeling because there are, there are times where it's like, Okay, this team's great at this. This team's terrible at that. You know the outcome. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, wait, all of a sudden, the Bucs can run the ball? So I'm not saying the Bucs are right. going to get like 100 yards. I can yards. hear the saying this. The 49ers came into this as the yeah. best running game, <laughs> and the Bucs as the worst. And right now, the Bucs are having their way with it. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, the stats are going to be so skewed where Rashad White has one, like, 75-yard rush, and it's just going right. to completely skew the numbers when – they average two yards per rush for on every other uh, first down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For every <laughs> other play, um, you know, Matt, yeah. you, you know the yeah, defense. As you were saying, you know they've done their job. You know, outside of that, that Kansas City Chiefs game and maybe even that Baltimore game as well, they've done their job this season. It's where the offense just hasn't come up. I mean, twenty-two points. Twenty-two points is all it would take for this team to be ten and two. That's it. Twenty-two right. points a game. Ten and two. I mean, if you throw in 28 points in that Baltimore loss, they're 11 and one. I mean, this team, this this defense has done their job holding opponents to 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 beatable numbers, manageable score numbers. And you're not going to win every game, obviously, you know. But this team should be a lot better than where they are. And a lot of that comes from, as uh, old, good old Byron Leftwich said today, you know, scoring points wins you the game. That's the only stat that matters is, is who, who scores the most points. Um, and, and that's something that the Bucks team hasn't done. And if they are going to do it, they're going to beat this San Francisco game and really put themselves in a good position going forward in the playoffs. They need to score points. And the best way to do that, Matt, is to get them off turnovers, get them off those short fields. Matt, I'll go far and say if the Bucks don't have at least one interception this upcoming game and get points from it, they will not win. I think that's a really fair assessment. The Bucs can't get a win skating by without a big defensive play. And it's not fair to the defense that it's it's on them seemingly every single week now. But, you know, that's the reality that the Bucs uh, are in right now. Let's talk a little bit more about Byron Leftwich, what he had to say today, and the Bucs offense. Uh, before that, though, I want to talk about pin chasers. If you haven't been there yet, it's a great time or day or night to go, uh, it's a great time with friends uh, and family. They have so many great different deals. Like literally every single night they have something going on, whether it's uh, all you could eat pizza, all you can bowl. They have dollar beers as well. 
So uh, a ton of great deals there. The food is extremely underrated from the pizza to the chicken tendies to the nachos as well. So uh, you can go to many different locations as well. They have some in uh, East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, Veterans. They have one pretty close to the Advent Health Training Center where uh, the Bucks obviously have all of their practices. And they have brunch on the weekends, which is uh, super awesome. Another thing you can do uh, if you have kids, you can book your kid's uh, birthday party there because they obviously have the bowling lanes. They have an arcade area as well, a lot of video games, so the kids can multitask, do a little bit of both there. And um, if you haven't yet, the clock's ticking, obviously, but uh, book your company or group uh, holiday party. Obviously, the holidays are right around the corner. Uh, but Pin Chasers is a great spot to have that event. So I would definitely recommend getting on that. And go to pinchasers.net to check out what deal they have in store for you. Yeah, so definitely check out Pin Chasers. It's a lot of fun. Yes. There. yes. The attendees are bomb. Matt brings yes, the tendies up every time. They are bomb. Yeah, chicken tendies. They're they're fantastic. Not all chicken tenders are the same, you know. That's you true. can get chicken tenders at a lot of places, but you can't get good quality chicken tenders at uh, every single spot. So that's there's the difference for you. So it is a Thursday, which means that uh, Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady spoke today. And uh, JC, I don't know if there was much to gain from Byron Leftwich, but never is. He is technically right about that. You want to score more points than the other team. I can't argue that. But What I would argue is that if you're averaging 18 points a game when you were scoring 30 points a game the the season before, or if you constantly can't reach the 20-point threshold, you're probably not going to continue to be an offensive coordinator. It's like, hey, we're winning these games, but your offense is egregiously underperforming. So while the end of the game, the end of the end game goal is to score more points than the other team, that doesn't mean every single game has to be close. You can win by two or three touchdowns, as uh, Tom Brady was talking about today. It doesn't hurt to win comfortably where you don't have to hold on to everything <laughs> around you just to uh, to see the Bucs, you know, come back miraculously again for uh, the second right. time in uh, in a couple of weeks. And those eight, that 18 point number is, is definitely skewed, Maddie, too. There's some garbage touchdown points there. Yeah. That's thrown into that mix on that from that Chiefs game. So it's really probably more like 15, 14 points a game, which is, uh, you're right, a far cry from what you did last year. And, you know, when you look at this Bucks team, it's just, it's insanity, Matt. That's the only way to, to sum it up. It's the same week they're doing the same thing. It's, it's, there's no, there's nothing new that they're going from. They're, they're running the ball on first down consistently without success. Then from there on, they're in second and third and long, and it's so predictable that teams know. Okay, this is the it's the tendencies don't change. So when teams are scheduling this, they can go back to week one or they can go back to last week, and it's still the same thing. They know that they're going to be able to load the box on on first down, and they're going to try to run the ball, and they're going to not gain any yards. Because at this point, we we can't keep making excuses and saying, "Well, the O line's banged up." Well, the O line, well, the O line. We can't say, "Oh, well, the running backs." Oh, well. At this point, it's gone beyond the, the players not executing. It's gone beyond that. It's gone be- to the point where players, teams know what you're going to do. You're going to run it on first down. You're in second and third and long on second and third down. Uh, and now you're passing the ball. 
You can play off coverage a little bit because we know you're probably not going to run it. And if you do, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Uh, but we can send more players too as well and get the pressure on Tom, whether it be up the middle or on the edges. And we can force you to, you know, most likely punt the ball. And, and that's what we are, we're continuing to see. Um, it's the same thing over and over and over again to the point where players are frustrated, coaches are frustrated, fans are frustrated, media is frustrated because there's only so much you can, there's only so many questions you can ask these guys, whether it be Todd, whether it be Byron, whether it be Brady, whether it be the players. What are we doing to rectify this? This is a very talented offense from the wide receivers to the tight ends to the offensive line, even still to the quarterback of all players, to the running backs. This is a very talented team. The fact that they are failing to score points, failing to sustain drives, failing to convert third downs, and they did a little bit better last week. 53% of the third downs they converted um, is just mind-boggling. And it's because of the lack of ingenuity, creativity, lack of um, resources that they have that do work, such as no huddle, hurry up, play action, uh, motion, uh, you name it, the things that do work, they don't utilize them. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. To their best advantages for them to sustain drives and put points on the board. I don't get it. It just, it feels ignorant, right? It's like, you know what the issues are and you don't change it at all. Like that's just straight ignorance, you know, of not going against it. And I think we're all in agreement. We want to see the Bucks go more up tempo. I don't think that means every single drive you go up tempo. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought Tom Brady brought up a good point because he, he equated it to like it's kind of like blitzing. on defense blitzing every single play, and he's like, "Yeah, blitzing is great, but if you do it every single play, the other team will be prepared for it. They know it's coming, and you know they can adjust from there." So I'm in agreement. They have to go more up tempo. But I also agree it's like, okay, if you get, let's just, for argument's sake, let's just say you get five possessions in a half. And you don't have to go up-tempo for all five of them or all six of them, you know. Maybe go half of it or, you know, one per quarter, twice per quarter when you're not in those hurry-up situations to begin with. And the fact that throw they keep in the middle of drives, it, Matt. Just throw it yeah, in the middle of drives. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm with you. It's like... The offensive line being injured is not an excuse anymore. It's not an excuse for how bad the, the running game has been. I do think it's had an impact on just Brady wanting to, you know, get rid of the ball as quicker. And I think that's kind of hurt with some of like the deep balls and the lack of like big plays down the field. But eventually something, something has to get changed. And I just, I truly don't see how the Bucs are going to move the ball against the 49ers. Because, as we said, they have the best uh, best numbers in yards per game for the defense and running yards. So, you know, the Bucs aren't going to be able to run it. And, you know, you just look like their their defensive line is great. Obviously, everyone knows Nick Bosa. Um, 
their linebackers between Greenlaw and Warner are two great linebackers. And the only couple of times Brady has been intercepted is when he tries to throw it over the middle on like that screenplay over at midfield. Obviously, Demario Davis got him last week. So I don't know if Brady can't hold on to the ball for long one, because he doesn't want to and two, the 49ers aren't going to allow it and they can't run it. I just know we're in for a game where we're going to get a ton of stupid screen plays again. And it didn't, it hasn't worked all season long. Little swing pass to Chris Godwin, the place to Rashad White and Lenny. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I would like to say you can attack them deep, but if they're, if he's not going to hold on to the ball, I just, I don't know where the Bucs are truly going to efficiently move the ball against the four. Well, I think part of the problem, too, is moving down the ball down the deep field is a lack of use of a guy like Scotty Miller. Yeah. I mean, that's what he does. That's his best attribute. Instead, what they've been doing is utilizing Mike Evans in that way. Mike Evans has never been a burner, deep ball threat type of wide receiver. Now, he can go up there and he can be a, a deeper threat contested catch type guy, but Mike Evans has never really been the one that's going to blaze by cornerbacks you know maybe early early in his career but certainly not over the last two years with tom brady he just he you know he's either going to beat them he's going to beat press coverage and get a step on him like that or he's going to be able to go up there and make a contested catch with with perfect placement from brady now brady has has definitely missed him it hasn't been all on mike you know there's definitely been plays and even with scotty last week and with, with julio last week as well brady just missed some throws but you can't be utilizing Evans in that way. I mean, that's just not what he does best. You need to use your playmakers and utilize them on <laughs> what they do best. Scotty Miller can open it up, you know, Brashad Perriman yeah. or everything that he's not. He can, he's got the speed to open it up, utilize those guys in that way and use Mike the way you've done. We've barely seen Mike in the slot really um, be productive out of the slot or, or really featured out of there. And that's something that he's been doing the last two years and he's been really good at it and been able to move the change and pick up yardage. I like the way that, Mike, when they finally started throwing him the ball uh, Monday night, obviously early in the game, it was like, where's Mike Evans? Why aren't they throwing almost the entire half when they finally got Mike involved? I think like that's how he's best utilized, like 15, 20 yards down the field can go up again, uh, can go up and get it. Um, I have no problem with taking shots down the field with Mike, too. It just doesn't have to be all the time. And it seems like he's the only guy that's going deep. It's like it should be Scotty as well. In Julio, they sprinkled in, too. Like, Mike's made some big plays down the field in his career, if you look through it. So I'm not worried about him going deep. It's just more he shouldn't be the only guy that gets the go route down the field because he is not the, the fastest guy. I would say he's more deceptively fast because he's got, you know, a, a long stride. But utilize Mike in different ways and send someone else deep, like Scotty Miller, to your point. We got a super chat here, so... Oh. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate oh, it. That's not good news. <laughs> Tanner James Gow, uh, five dollars super chat. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, Bay Area resident going to the game Sunday. All right, have a good time. And uh, it's going to be a very wet day. We need our running backs to show up. All three of them. I did not check the weather, so thank you for that heads up. If that is the case, however, it was rainy in Cleveland, and that didn't work well. Uh, for the Bucs. But no. hope you have a great time at the game, Tanner. Hopefully the Bucs uh, win it for you in a battle right. of uh second battle of the Bays this year. Obviously, it was Green Bay earlier. And, <laughs> you know, Tampa Bay and, and uh, San Fran, the Bay Area. Um, and to add to that, um, all three of them 
Lenny just popped up on the injury report. Uh, yes. Yeah, I just read that. So, uh, let's yeah, let's go uh, to the injury maybe report. Not, maybe here. not even have all three of them at their disposal or all four of them. Right. So Cam Brate practicing full again. He's coming off of that illness. Mike Edwards, hamstring, did not participate. Leonard, <laughs> limited with a foot injury. Sean Murphy, bunting, limited. Quadricep, Vita Vea, limited with a foot shoulder. Antoine Winfield Jr. did not participate with that ankle. And Tristan Wirfs, not that we expected him to, but he did not participate either with the ankle and knee injury. Uh, the and running backs have been over. a huge, running backs have been a huge part of the offense. I mean, obviously, like Rashad White scored the game-winning touchdown last week. Uh, Leonard Fournette was much better on the ground. So I'm with you. If it's, if it's a rainy day there, Tanner, um, definitely get Rashad White involved. Have Leonard Fournette do his thing. It's just Leonard can do great things on this team, but they have to use him the right the right way. A screen pass on third and goal should not be going to Leonard Fournette. If you want to give it to Rashad White, there, fine. But there was two times in that game on Monday, and I don't totally blame Leonard, but it was a play that took a little more time. Where there was the screen where he was running to the outside, and the defender caught him and just got him by the the foot or the ankle. And was able to get him for a stop. Where Rashad White is quicker, he's more elusive, he mm. probably gets up the field. So I just think the play design for Leonard should be a little bit better. I like him being implemented in the offense. I think we're all in agreement. We want Rashad White getting more of those snaps than Leonard Fournette. But on a rainy day, you're going to need both of them without question. Keyshawn Vaughn, it is what it is. I'm 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 fine if he doesn't get any snaps. If you want to sp sprinkle him in with like, Five to ten, that's okay too. But I think it's really going to be a two-headed show with uh, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette. Right? Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I don't think Gio's going to get many snaps or Keyshawn Vaughn, depending on on Leonard's health and how he how he progresses. I know he's still dealing with that hip. I mean, after the game, it was it was definitely something that was bothering him on Monday. You could just tell when he came off the field, um, and, and now he's dealing with a foot injury to go with it. So if he can if he can go out there. Um, you know, I, I expect it to be the both of them again, but you're right. I mean, looking at Leonard Fournette, there was a play. I forget. I think it was on the first drive where uh, he caught the ball and was running outside. And instead of going out of bounds, he was trying to fight for more yardage. And then he tried to go out of bounds, but he couldn't get out of bounds. I'm like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? You're running. <laughs> um, but I mean, <laughs> I don't care. Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, Giovanni Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn, heck, bring. Uh, Mike Allstott back out of retirement, bring in work done, whoever Cadillac Williams in his prime, they're going to struggle running against this defense. It's just been that good. They're, uh, the 49ers defense has been just one of the best in the league this year, only allowing 75 yards per game. That's more than the Bucks have averaged a game, uh, and the Bucks are still yeah. in last place. I mean, they've just been lights out in that regard. Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers, if not the best inside linebacker in the game right now. You mentioned Bosa holding things on the outside as an edge rusher and, and can set the edge as a run defender too. They got Eric Armstead. They've got they've just got a litany of guys who can do their job and they do it well. Uh, guys who don't even get credit like uh, Samson uh, Ibukam, who does a great job over there as well. You mentioned Greenlaw. Um, you know, to be honest with you, their their secondary doesn't really scare me as much. I think that you can find good matchups and exploit matchups against you know. Um, their, their corners and their and their safeties. Um, 
But the thing is, with that defense and the pressure they bring um, and, and pretty much how one-dimensional they're going to make this this Bucks team, I can see this being, not score-wise, but you go back to 2020 when the when the Saints held the Bucks to just five rushing attempts. I can see yeah, this being yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Where, they, where they move on from the running game, and hopefully so, move on the running game early because it's just, it's it's. I don't think it's going to work. Um, it being rainy out doesn't make things even better. Right. Uh, but at least Tom still has that zip. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's the opportunity where he'll be able to use his pinpoint accuracy because that's one of the best things Tom has when he's on is his accuracy and his zip um, to move the ball down the field and, and make some plays against that secondary, which they've done a they've done a really good job this year not to take anything away from them. I mean, they're 12th in the league in pass defense, only allowing 208 points a game. I mean, 208 yards a game, but I still think that there's opportunities. It's a young group, too, for the most part, besides besides Gibson. I think there's opportunities for Tom to um, kind of bait them and, and get guys open, throw guys open. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a heck of an interesting game because like both of these defenses are good. What the Bucks do well on defense doesn't really match up to what the Niners do well on offense and what the buck the Niners do well on defense doesn't really matches up perfectly what the Bucks are trying to do, but they just mm. don't do it well. So um it's gonna take a have, heck of a game by the Bucks to win this game, and then it doesn't get any easier next week with the Bengals coming to town. The rain could neutralize, you know, all the weapons that and the speed that the 49ers have on offense. So that's one way the the rain kind of could play a factor to help the Bucs when it didn't necessarily help them uh, two weeks ago. And, you know, whether Leonard Fournette, Fournette's in the lineup or if it's just kind of Rashad White leading the way, it definitely could impact the decisions you make when uh, making your picks for underdog fantasy, which I'll be making tonight as well for Raiders versus Rams and will be on Sunday as well. <clears throat> Underdog Fantasy, it's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL with their pick'em games and their rivalry games as well. Uh, the rivalries are very fun because you're just picking, you know, one player against another who's going to have more yards, how many more yards are they going to have it by or beat their opponent by. Um, so very fun with the with the rivalries. I would, I would check that out too. Uh, you just pick an over-under on your favorite or least favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick slip. Get every pick right. Take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So once again, that is Underdog Fantasy, promo code PEWTER. Use it for the pickums and the rivalries and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 buckaroos, $100 there. So uh, check it out. I haven't done great with my underdog picks, but uh, um, I, I think I sense a turnaround coming soon because the beauty of it is because the way they do like the, the three times the money and 10 times the money or 20 times the money, depending on how many picks you make, you just have to hit one every couple of weeks. And like, you're in, you're in the green for like the money right. you make. So 
I hit it big a couple of weeks ago and I've kind of just been I put a couple I, I put I took some out but then I, I kept the rest to you know continue in my investments so it was nice I made a little profit and then I still have enough to like keep on betting where if I lose a couple of weeks I can still win some so uh yeah I'm past that looking to make some now. picks tonight yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm down. Uh, I was up to 100. I think I'm down to 15. dollars I put 20 in, so yeah, I'm uh, I gotta win something to make some money back. I well, go big though, you know that. I'm trying, yeah, to you do. Those. You do always. That's the that's the problem. Is like, I'm not saying you specifically, but I don't you want to go with four wins. or five picks, and it's like, all right, like you hit three of them, but. I mean that's that's the other side of it. Right. So when if I would have stacked those three, I would have probably been up to like two hundred seven dollars right. right now. But instead I try to go big for the Hundo spot and I keep uh yeah. Let's get to uh some <laughs> comments here. Steven, will Winfield be back? Probably not. He hasn't practiced the last two days. We'll see if he practices tomorrow. He's been out there with his teammates, but obviously not in uniform. You know, a high ankle sprain is one of those tough injuries to come back from. They say it's kind of similar to the the touch and go of a hamstring injury where mm-hmm. it's not just like a broken bone where it's like all right you'll be ready in three weeks or whatever yeah. it is it's it's a very touchy feely type of uh of injury which obviously no bucks fan wants to hear it's just kind of you know the the reality of uh the reality of the whole thing hey while we got people in the chats in the comments and we appreciate everyone that is watching and listening to this uh, maybe this is the first time you're watching our show. If so, welcome and thanks for watching. Or, you know, if, if you've been a fan of Pewter Report for a while, make sure you follow us on our social media. We are at Pewter Report on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you like what we got going on on our YouTube channel with our podcast and various clips, uh, give us a follow uh, and subscribe over on our YouTube at Pewter Report TV. We'd really love to make it to 10,000 subscribers by the end of the season. We are closing in on 8,000, and we'd appreciate the love and support if you guys can do that. We love all of our fans, the pewter people. Um, if you enjoy our content, hit that like button. And again, when you subscribe, it it's it's absolutely free. It's uh, it's no strenuous thing that you got to do. You just click the button, and it gives you a heads up of, Whenever we go live or whenever we put out a new video, it, it just lets you know. So um, if you could do that, do us a, a little favor there. We would really appreciate that because uh, we appreciate you, the pewter people, for all that you do. Uh, Brian says, uh, talking out Winfield, that guy's got to stop tackling head first. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that because what is, what is he going to do? At that point, uh, common sense say Winfield low key, a key, uh, sorry, Winfield low key, an injury prone player had some injuries last season, too. No, he did have a concussion last year. Um, he had some injury concerns in the draft, like, and I think that's why he slid to the second round. I mean, he's had some concussion issues, obviously, which is very scary, but he's a heat seeking missile, you know, when he plays, you know, he goes all out. So right. that's just kind of the nature of the beast sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he well, was rookie year. He missed the NFC championship game. He did last, last year. He missed some time with concussion this year. He missed some time with a concussion. And also now with the, the ankle, I think he had another injury maybe last year as well, too. I want to say, so, I mean, I don't know if you lo- label him injury prone yet, 
Um, certainly not at the Derwin James level, but yeah, injuries right. have piled up a little bit. So, like, if you miss a game or two, I wouldn't necessarily call that injury prone. It's like when you're out for a long time. Unfortunately, he's kind of getting to that point this season, but it's too separate injuries um right but it's been every year he's dealt with something so i think if he needs a healthy season a fully healthy season next year can't miss more than two games next year and then maybe that injury prone not like injury prone like he's a bust injury prone because he still should be considered for the all pro even missing that as many games as he has uh he's just been that impactful when he's on the field but i think you can start to dabble with that injury prone not bust injury prone but injury prone he gets hurt every year you can expect him to pencil him in to miss at least two games furu kawab sorry if i'm not saying that right says donovan smith probably has the mel gibson and braveheart running in his head through the game hold oh hold goodness. yeah donovan smith's been getting a lot of publicity unfortunately for the wrong reasons uh there's a stat that came out with all the holding penalties he's had in uh the recent years i think todd bowl said it best yesterday where he said he didn't play his best game. He knows that. They know he has to play better. He knows that he has to play better. The question is, will he? Um, because there's times Donovan Smith has looked great, and there's been times that Donovan Smith kind of looks like the old Donovan Smith that we'd get on his case for. So I think a lot of this is just kind of a technique issue, kind of a, um, hey, let's get it together and going up against tough opponents. Obviously, is going to be a tough opponent this week with with the 49ers. Donovan's got to play better, but, you know, he's a leader on this team, and I don't know how much more you can coach him up at this point. You just kind of got to hope for it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I talked about this a little bit on WDE the other day with, uh, with the guys, and I think, you know, there's multiple things. You know, obviously, I don't think that elbow was fully healed. I think he's playing hurt through it. Everyone's playing hurt now, but I think it's been a lingering case. I think making that transition, having a Pro Bowl guard next to you and Ali Marpet, one of the most underrated guards in the league over the last couple of years, is definitely a part of it. Um, you know, Brady obviously is still getting rid of the ball at an unbelievable clip, but I think those things kind of play into it a little bit much, uh, a, a little bit. Although I think Nick does, Nick Lavrette does a great job of communicating with Donovan. So um, it's, it's just one of those things where uh, sometimes you're just kind of in your own head. And I think that's where he is right now. I don't think it's, I don't think he's regressing. I don't think it's any lack of talent. I mean, you're not right. going to be the number six graded out left tackle in the league last year and just forget how to, how to block and how to, you know, use proper technique. It just, maybe that, that arm is definitely not a hundred percent. And maybe there's because of that, he's doubting his abilities and it's trans, trans you know, transforming over into the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, we'll answer another question or two before we wrap up. But first, let's hear a message from our friends over at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara because I want over $500,000 playing slot. I do this full-time and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike and I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars 
in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won $215,000 on Blazing Sevens. Putting my last $40 on the table, next thing you know, bam, $215,000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it. Right. Anybody can win. It's Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. When you can win big over at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Long lost Glazer is Scotty Miller kick returner and Gio Bernard punt returner. So. We don't know. (laughs) Some of us know what the answer is going to be. Um, I'll just say they are auditioning and there will be an answer that everyone will find out uh, on Saturday. So stay tuned for that. I'm not going to give away who it Ooh. is. So. Uh, I did. Going. I did talk to Gio, and he said, "What other team needs?" So he'll, he's he's going to do it. Coincidentally enough, Gio, when he was out with that injury on IR, that injury happened on kick return. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was an he does injury. have some kick return experience. So, right. um, not saying it's him, but um, definitely in the running. And if he's not it, uh, he definitely could be a backup if something happens in uh, in the game. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I know. I know what one you're laughing at, JC. Can't put that up uh, on the screen there. <laughs> uh, one last reminder for everyone. Once again, please like and subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. Would really appreciate that. Going to remind everyone as well, while this is the last podcast during the business week, we, of course, will have the Peter Tailgate show and the Peter Game Day show coming up. This Sunday, the Celsius Peter Report Tailgate Show presented by Age Rejuvenation. It will be live at the Walk-Ons in Wesley Chapel as we preview the Bucks and 49ers game. That starts at 2.30, and then uh, the Peter Game Day Show will go on at 4.25, right at kickoff, where myself and a guest give our live reactions and analysis to everything going on. Uh, we've been through some great moments. We've been through some bad moments. Um, they're all fun in between, though, thanks to, one, my guest, and two, the, uh, everyone in the comments. So we appreciate everyone that watches and makes it really fun, too, when you get a, uh, you know, a last-second touchdown in recent weeks like the Bucks have done. So right. we'll see what happens this week. Uh, for that game of course it'll be live at walk-ons can't recommend walk-ons make sure you go check it out there's one in midtown there's one in wesley chapel awesome food happy hour all day on tuesdays check out the deals that they have going on yep. over there so uh that's gonna do it for us i will on I do today's say show one, sure you want to say one thing guys if you're in the tampa area or you listen to it streaming whatever tomorrow i'll be filling in for aaron jacobson on wdae friday the 9th so hey give us a, give me a listen check it out if you if you want to be in there matt are you talking to us tomorrow morning yeah seven uh eight whatchamacallit eight uh like 15 8 30 i'm usually right around then so. i'll talk to you tomorrow then awesome <laughs> and yeah that's great so there you go make sure you check that out uh was that seven to 10 six to nine six to nine there you go you gotta be up at like 4 30 to get there yeah exactly (laughs) all right well that's awesome uh that's great to hear and um yeah so tune in for that tomorrow tune in to uh sunday when we got the Mm -hmm. game day and the tailgate show going on so for jc 
uh, Matt saying thanks everybody for watching and <laughs> hang 10, hang loose, and we will see you on Sunday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Later, bruh.